thank you. seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season and you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. I knew we had a good chance to beat them when I heard Feinbaum picked them to win by about 25 points. Somebody told me. Turn by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Yo, so it's Parker. Trip has some com computer dysfunctionality over here. I don't know what the heck happened, but we have Bryce, a good buddy of me and Trips, joining us. He's a Florida fan. We're here to talk some shit, but we're also here to cry together because our boy Felipe. So Bryce, what did it do, baby? What's up, man? Yeah, for sure. Pour one out for Felipe. Pour one out for Felipe. Um, so this episode, we're just the front half. We're going to really talk about mostly Gator football. And then when Trip gets that computer running, we'll get the rest of uh, this week's episode and kind of talk about the SEC as a whole. But just want to talk to Bryce. I thought I know Gator football, but Bryce probably knows way more than me. Um, he's a he's a nerd when it comes to this stuff. So uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on on this week's game and kind of what you're thinking going forward uh, with Kyle Trask. Yeah, man. So uh, I mean, coming into this one, you know, I feel like a lot of Florida fans wanted to just glaze over, hopefully look towards, you know, because the schedule only gets tougher from here. Tennessee next week. Got another cupcake and UT Martin after that. And then we hit the meat of the schedule. It's when you got Auburn, LSU, South Carolina, Georgia. So a lot of fans were glazing over Kentucky, calling that one an easy win. But uh, um, I, they really gave us a run for our money last night, man, going in injured. We had probably, I think he's the highest graded pass rusher in college football right now. Jabari Zuniga goes down on the first play of the game. Kind of changed a lot of things up. Henderson being out, man, our definitely number one cornerback guy covering the islands out there. Going down last week, man, it's tough. Yeah, you know, you had to go away from the man coverage, running a lot of zone, not able to do a lot of Grantham's textbook blitz packages. It's just a tough game all around on defense. But it was really nice to see the team rally around the new quarterback coming in. A lot of uncertainty there. Uh, be real, go seeing Felipe go down, man, down 11, fourth quarter. I was counted out. I thought that one was it. I was, you know, at that point, I'm counting up games on the schedule, seeing if we could get eight, or eight wins now. And then he comes in, absolutely lights it up, tears it up, puts the team on his back, and able to pull I'm out. I'm gonna a win. be real. I'm gonna be real. When we were down 21 to 10, and Felipe just went out, and we all knew it was for the season. In my mind, I was like, I was trying to think, all right, how can we get to a bowl game this year? Yeah, That's I mean, it was insane. I know uh, Brett McMurphy was predicting us to make the Belk Bowl last week. And we had tons of Florida fans on Twitter up in arms about that. Like the Belk Bowl, like, come on, man. We just came off a 10-win Peach Bowl uh, victory. And then Felipe goes down. I'm like, man, I'd be happy with the Belk Bowl right now. But uh, yeah. Kyle Trask comes in, lights it up, makes good reads, quick, smart decisions, plays good Gator football. And we come out, SEC, road win, night game. Uh, we'll take that any day of the week. We'll take it, baby. Yeah, I mean, and, and Kyle Trask stepped up big time. And I know – 
it'll be different to see how how teams game plan for him and kind of it's it's complete it's going to be completely different but you have to give him credit and he stepped up big time and uh and like you said with with Henderson being out and Tony being out and and Zuniga going down in the first first quarter and then you had Amari Bernie out who's a starting nickel for us linebacker kind of do it all guy and just we we if you're a Florida fan we just have to get healthy and I think that Obviously, Tennessee's an SEC opponent, and it's still, you know, there's still some challenges that come with that. But, um, you know, SEC and Townsend, I, these just these these two weeks, really, I just I just want to get healthy. That's all. So. Yeah. Uh, real quick, shout out uh, Tennessee pulling the upset over UT Chattanooga. That was a big one. <laughs> staple baby. win. Staple win for the program for sure. No longer um, win this. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's going to be a noon kickoff. Going to be hot as hell down in the swamp. Um, hopefully we'll get, you know, 90,000 there screaming, cheering for Kyle Trask, but it's not going to be an, an easy one. I think these next two weeks are really crucial to the rest of the season. It's how's the team going to react to, uh, Felipe going down. How's the defense going to find, they really have to find their identity. You know, it's been for, for years now, it seemed Florida's defense has been a bend, but don't break defense. Like they show up when you need them to, like, I don't know where the hell they were on third and 21 early in the game last night. Um, but then again, on that fourth and one where they're in Gator territory, looking to drive, seal the vent, seal the win, um, David Reese shows up. I mean, it's just the craziest thing. We want to see more consistency, of course, but you'll never complain about, you know, a defense showing up when you desperately need them to. Oh, I know. Six, I just saw today 16 tackles, career high for him. Um, he's had 14 a couple of times. But, yeah, that was big. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I dude. You know how many times a day I just said to myself, I cannot fucking believe we won that game. Like, Yes, absolutely. I, I woke like, up and had I, to check ESPN. I thought it might have been a dream. Bro, it's, I mean, it was a nightmare and a dream, but like for real, I just don't know how we pulled that off. But credit to a lot of that team. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed, obviously mental mistakes. And then I think our offensive line really needs to step up. And that's a big thing with Frank's going out is that, if we're gonna have a backup QB, and first of all, our run game hasn't got, hasn't hasn't done anything, and I know if you look at the stats last night, from last night, the uh, the seventy yard, uh, Josh Hammond rush is gonna kind of mask some of that, but um, Michael P Ryan hasn't looked great this year, but really he hasn't been able to do anything because because of our offensive line. So I, I think that that's gonna be the main focus is hey, you know. They have to be on their shit, especially with a backup quarterback now who is not as mobile as Franks. And and I think and 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 to add to that, I do. I was looking, seeing on Twitter and, and looking at some other stuff, and I, Dan Mullen had said that you know he had went with Trask because they were giving us the pass, um, and he said he would like to put Amory Jones in, and, and from here on, he's actually going to play two quarterbacks. So that's kind of good to hear. Uh, and I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he does that. You know, uh, going back to what you had said a minute ago, if you take away the 70-yard run that uh, Josh Hammond has to kind of seal the game, you know, garbage time, 30 seconds left, whatever you want to call it, 26 rushes for 50, 56 yards. That's abysmal. That might be the worst in the SEC. Uh, Josh Hammond really kind of saved our stats. If you look at the – you know, just the numbers straight across. It looks like we did okay. It looks like we averaged five yards a rush. 
but obviously that one there late at the game kind of saved those numbers. The offensive line has to figure out how to get it together. I don't know if yeah. it's playing playing mean. I don't know if they're getting tired near the end of the game. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, I don't well, even I think mean, it's getting tired because in the it was just as bad I in the beginning tired. as it was at the end. They just look soft. They're, they're play soft. Um, it's guys. Really, it's just missing assignments. I remember the, the one that comes out uh, in my mind the most. It's an outside zone read to the Michael P. Ryan running around the right side, and Brett Heggie's the pulling guard. So it's he's coming from the left guard out to the out um, and throws kind of an elbow into Cash Daniels, one of the best linebackers in the SEC, obviously, um, that's not going to do it. He kind of yeah. throws an elbow in it and considers him blocked and tries to move on to some wide receiver. to, And then Cash comes up, makes the play. It's loss of two. Uh, early on in the game, it kind of puts us in a position. I think it made it like either second and 12 or maybe, you know, third and 11 or something like that. But either way, that's a, that's a drive killer. I mean, if you, if you go back and watch the video, if he makes that block, absolutely demolishes Cash right there in the hole, uh, P. Ryan could take it for 9, 10, 11 yards. You know, he's a guy, great downfield, open field runner, maybe even turn, turn it into six, but it's missing those, those key assignments on every single play, busting up, busting something open that could have been, you know, a really good play for us. Yeah, and the, and what I'm looking at, too, is my big thing with the offensive line where I'm like, holy shit, we got to stop. And you and me talked about this was the damn softest man on the offensive line, and his name's Stone. He's Hello for side. Bro. He is six. I'm looking at I'm looking at his 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 uh, measurements right now. He is six seven and a half, three twenty five, and this man couldn't block a cornerback who was five ten, maybe one eighty. Um, we had a screenplay. P Ryan could have got maybe another seven yards, not the first down, but could have got some more yards to make it a, a more manageable third down. And and this man couldn't block a cornerback. Cornerback um, dives at the knees, takes out. Uh, for Scythe and P. Ryan. Yeah, it was just absolutely insane. He was jogging up to him, lays abs- like no head on the guy. I mean, it was just, we we freaked out watching that. Like, it was one of the softest things I've ever seen. But I'm going to be honest. If you're six foot seven and you're way over 300 pounds and you're a three star, most of the time that means he has the measurements, but he's soft. I mean, we went to high school with guys like that, you know? Yeah, who absolutely. Had, who had had the measurements, but they were soft, and they went to big programs because they think that they can, they can make them hard. So, uh, not impressed with him. Um, you know, some people were high on him coming into the season, but he, he is, he's. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I guess now we're past the Kentucky game. Just looking forward to the future. I mean, what do you want to see as far as, I guess. Do you what do you want to see as far as Kyle Trask? What do you see see as Emory Jones? What do you see what do you want to see Dan Mullen do with these guys? Um and then, you know, just kind of go into that and we'll talk about the schedule a little bit. So the biggest thing I want to see um in the weeks to come, obviously, other than the blade and obviously because it's kinda hard, you know, like before the season you know what you're gonna get as you go in. You're like, Well, we're gonna have Felipe, P. Ryan, uh, a young offensive line, you kinda know what your struggles are gonna be. When, when you lose a quarterback like that, completely goes down, you're like, well, what, what are we going to get now? It's almost like the offseason again. You know, Kyle Trask came in and did something great against a defense that prepared all week to see Felipe Franks. Now how are we going to do against um, Tennessee, who Jeremy Pruitt, I get the program sort of like 
in like a weird in-between right now. Some would say they're in shambles. Some would say that, you know, he just doesn't have his guys, regardless of what it is. He's a Nick Saban product. He's going to know how to prepare a defense for a young, unexperienced quarterback like Kyle Trask. So he's really going to get tested this week, I think. You know, it's another SEC team. We like to poke fun at them. But the biggest thing I want to see is those the continuation of what we saw last night, which is the quick decisions, good throws, smart football. But really, I want to see us get better on third down. Uh, last night, we were four for eight. 50%. Uh, week before at UT Martin, 9 for 13. It's a little bit better up in the 70s. And um, against Miami, we're 2 for 10, 20%. That puts us below 50% on the season. Um, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. Got, and, and, that, and, that's, and that's another thing where, like, just going back to what we were talking about earlier is, is, is you can't really blame those third down percentages on Felipe and, and Trask or whoever you want to blame it on because – um, the run game. I mean, we're not getting any. We're getting one to two yards on first down. So if you don't you win know, first down, it's almost always. If you don't get a first down on second down, it almost always leaves you with a third and seven or more, which yep. makes it so much harder to convert. And and that's where, you know, and 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 really, I'm gonna be honest. What won us the game last night was our veteran wide receiver group and how deep we were at wide receiver. I mean. If you were looking at, obviously, we talked about this. You know, when you're when you're a backup quarterback going in, who do you go to? Your best receiver, and you could see very early on that that Trask was uh, was going was just eyeballing Van Jefferson the whole time, and, and he was able to get it to some other guys. But you could see his main focus was Van Jefferson, and I think the good news is going forward is is that you know Van Jefferson is our best receiver. Don't get me wrong, but we also have Tyree Cleveland, we have Trayvon Grimes. We're going to have Kadarius Tony. We have Freddie Swain. We have, um, you know, uh, Josh Hammond. So uh, Jacob Copeland. So we're deep, and I think that you know if they want to if they want to double team Van or do something to Van, we have the guys to to back that up. Um, but really, what it's going to come down to is is we have have to have to get the run game going, and I just think um, you know that's really going to be the difference between us, you know, winning nine games or, you know, losing four or five and winning eight, you know. So um, I think our O-line has to step up big. I mean, let's uh, – I pulled it up here. I want to look through. Kyle Trask, who he targeted in um, in each of his passes. So he went Van Jefferson, Josh Hammond, Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, and then Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson – uh, Trayvon Grimes, Freddie Swain, Van Jefferson, and these are just in the first two drives. Um, yeah. Van Jefferson, uh, Kyle Pitts, that was a big one, the one that went for 30 yards down the sideline. Um, and then like LaMichael Pirine, Josh Hammond. I mean, all of those guys, the only one that's not a senior is Kyle Pitts. Yep. So he knows who his good targets are. He knows who he needs to get the ball to to succeed. And I, one thing I love to see is, he wasn't trying to make big plays down the field. I, I'm of the camp that believes Dan Mullen's offense isn't the most explosive. He's not the Lincoln Riley type guy who's going to shoot 60 yards down the field at least once or twice a drive. He thrives in wearing down a defense. And so, I mean, that's what, we're, what we were seeing a lot last night was he would throw these underneath routes or these slant routes or, you know, dig routes or uh, hitch routes and let your playmakers get the yards after catch. You don't, have to, yeah. you don't have to worry about throwing 70 yards down the field. You don't have to have an arm for that in Dan Mullen's offense. If you hit these guys 
right on the money, right perfect timing, they're going to get you extra yards. And that's what we saw a lot. You know, he'd throw those underneath routes to Van, and he'd take off for 12 or 13. Well, you do that seven times, and you're in the red zone. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that that Dan Mullen is really good at is is you know knowing where his weaknesses are and knowing where his strengths are and kind of masking those where he needs to, um, you know, and 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 you know, really good teams are able to kind of poke out those weaknesses. But I just think he's one of the best, if not the best, of just kind of hiding those weaknesses and 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 making it seem like you know things are better than they are so yeah i mean it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple weeks i you know i'm this tennessee game has gotten a lot more interesting you know obviously tennessee has been a laughing stock but i definitely don't think that we should be overlooking them um it's gonna be i don't know it's it's gonna be crazy to see i i hope uh trask kind of uh kind of gets more comfortable over these next two weeks i i am glad that we do have um Tennessee and Townsend uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the schedule with Auburn and I think it's Auburn, what Auburn, Carolina. No, no, it's Auburn, LSU, Carolina, Carolina, Georgia. Georgia. That's another thing that I always talk about separates your good teams in every single conference and your elite teams. And it's not playing down to competition. So I, I, last week we go, or sorry, last year, let's go back to Vanderbilt. They go down 18 points, have to rally back, scrape a win against Vandy. Now, if you go and watch Alabama play Vandy, I think they beat them like, by like 60 points. And it's because they never they play every single game like they're playing Clemson in the national championship. They don't accept yeah. mediocrity. They don't ever come out tired. They don't come out sleepy. They don't come out slow. They come out and they play Alabama football. It's the most boring thing to watch in the entire world, in my opinion. But they win football games. They win national championships. And that's the difference. They don't play down to competition. They don't overlook people. They don't look forward to the SEC championship. You know, they play whoever they're playing right now. And um, that's one thing I want to see Florida do, especially against Tennessee and Townsend, is come out and you play Tennessee. You play Tennessee like you're playing LSU in a night game in Baton Rouge. You play UT or you play Townsend like you're playing Georgia at 3.30 in Jacksonville. Like that same energy, same intensity doesn't matter if there's 90,000 people in the stands or zero. Like, you play them uh, to our standard, and you beat the crap out of them. Yep. No, I mean, that's why Nick Saban's one of the best, because he hasn't, you know, he knows what he needs to do and how to get him going. And so I'm with you on that. I mean, so, I mean, last thing before we kind of wrap up this, this Florida thing, where do you, I mean, what do you see from here? Just kind of predictions a little bit and – and kind of how do you feel about the season going forward and, you know, worst case scenario, best case scenario kind of thing? So I think a lot of your uh, Twitter fingers are finally going to get their wish. We're, we're going to see. I mean, you know, when a team does poorly, everyone's favorite player is the backup quarterback. Well, now they've got their wish. I don't know. Not necessarily saying they wish, you know, they were wishing that Franks would get hurt, but they all wanted to see Kyle Trask. They all wanted to see Emory Jones. And uh, we're going to get to see that. And hopefully – Going back on this morning, I went back and watched some some film from 2006, Tebow's freshman year on campus, and uh, how Dan Mullen perfectly orchestrated rotating in Tebow to not lose the rhythm of the offense. One thing he said in this press conference last night, uh, post-game press, was how going forward we were absolutely going to utilize both quarterbacks in the same game. 
not just, you know, one week start this guy, the next week start this guy. He's going to use them both in tandem each week. Yeah. And it's going to be really nice to see how Dan Mullen does that without messing up the rhythm of the offense or without, um, you know, if someone has a hot hand, who's he going to go with? If someone is running really well, working really well, is he going to ride with that guy? And it's um, going to be really nice to see. I think, you know, Florida kind of gets a fresh start. And if Dan Mullen really has done what he says he has, which is prepare all three guys to be a starter, we should be in good hands. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason after what we saw last night that we still can't um, win nine, ten games. I think there are a couple that people are already chalking up as losses, but I'm not entirely sure. I think LSU is a very good football team, but I also think that go, going back to the game against Texas, their secondary looked like Swiss cheese. Sam Ellinger is not – he's not a quarterback who's – who's supposed to be able to rip you for 400 yards. And he did that against Texas. Uh, I mean, he did that against LSU. And um, so no, I'm not chalking Texas, but yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not chalking that one up as a loss just yet. Um, need to see a little more Gator football. I think we beat Auburn in the swamp. I think that's going to be a great game. It's probably going to be the 3:30 CBS game. I think the swamp's going to be loud, going to be rocking. Bo Nix is not ready for what's coming his way. And um, I think we come out with a win there. If we go into LSU undefeated, man, who knows what happens. And I think we beat South Carolina. Um, that'll be a tough one for sure. We're on the road in Columbia. And uh, Georgia's always a toss-up. You know, obviously, everyone's chalking that one up as an L2. And if, you know, if we come out of the season, lose Felipe, lose Tony for six to eight weeks, whatever the projected uh, time frame is on his injury, um, and still win 10 games in the regular season, you know, we have a chance at winning 11 in a bowl game, something we haven't done here since 2012. I mean, we'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. And I think, I think just going forward, I mean, I kind of feel the same exact way as you on some of on most of them. I mean, yeah, Tennessee Townsend, I think Auburn and LSU, we could definitely win one of those games, if not both. Uh, definitely, definitely tough, tough matchups. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Georgia is definitely one that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with the majority here, you know, we would have to be extremely healthy and, and Dan would have to coach a hell of a game to, to win that one just based off of our performance earlier this year. Um, and then, you know, you have the rest of the season, but I think if we can, if we can, you know, get by these two weeks and scrape, scrape a win off against Auburn or LSU and especially Auburn in the swamp, I think we have a really good chance of, you know, going, getting nine wins and, and going to a pretty good bowl game. So that's kind of where I'm at with things. Obviously we'll have to see how the season goes. You know, you can make all these predictions and do all this shit, but who fucking knows, but We'll we'll find out and uh, we'll find out together. But uh, both of us will be in the swamp on Saturday for sure. the Tennessee game. So mm-hmm. uh, I might have you come on for a couple minutes next week and talk about how rocking the swamp was or or what was going on with the Tennessee game. But I appreciate you filling in for Trip. Obviously, he's got to get his shit straight with his computer. But <laughs> uh, we'll definitely have you on again, bro. So I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Had a good one. All right, brother. All right, bye-bye.